Occupation Nation is supported by Sunny Sense Wax. Want your house to smell clean, fruity, beachy, or even like a bakery? Then head over to etsy.com slash shop slash sunny sense wax. Sunny Sense Scoopable Wax offers the best scoopable wax at an affordable price. Now, I have personally used this wax and it smells so good. We actually have two wax warmers running right now with my personal favorite flavor. You wanna know what that is? Fruit Loops. That's right. I said Fruit Loops. And Sunny Sense Fruit Loops flavor smells exactly like the real thing. Everybody that comes in the house always says, I have to know how you got your house to smell so good. Well, the secret is out, and the answer is Sunny Sense Wax. Head over to Etsy.com slash shop slash Sunny Sense Wax to order you some today. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Occupation Nation podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 8, and today on the show, we are talking again to Jimmy Oliver about what it means to be a detective. Now, this is Part 2, so if you haven't listened to Part 1, go check that out. Now, the way this one's a little different is I did ask Jimmy some more questions myself, but we were able to take fan questions as well, and you guys had so many great questions for Jimmy. I mean, we look at the drug epidemic and what's going on with that. We also talk about some of the training that they do and about the negative stigma about police and how he's able to handle that in his job. So uh, look forward to that in the second half of this episode. And I would also like to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters, Julie and Austin. Thank you guys so much for uh, supporting the show. And also a quick shout out to our first sponsor of Occupation Nation, Sunny Sense. Thank you so much for supporting the show and This is an entrepreneur doing her thing, trying her best, and making an amazing product. The stuff smells so, so good. And so you guys make sure to go check that out. So with all that done, let's get into the interview. Tell me what happens. Are you just sitting at your desk and then it lands on your on your desk? Or how how does this work? When you when you don't have no idea, you don't have anything on your plate, okay, now go do this. What is yeah. what is that? And it, it comes different ways. Okay. Uh, usually, our in investigations we work Monday through Friday, like an eight to four job. Mm. But we're on call. Uh, we're on call right now. There's four of us, so we're on call once a for a week, mm-hmm. once a month. And like today, I'm on call. I started on call last night. Mm-hmm. So it's just like right now. I can get a phone call, and you're gone, and I'm gone. I mm-hmm. got you know, whatever they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have it that way. Also, we have it when the officers, if they don't need a detective at the time, they do a report and they put it in our door. If it's a felony or right. something like that. I remember you talking about that in the part one. And uh, So we get them that way. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be sitting at the office, a call comes in for patrol. and Gotcha. So is it usually a actual call to your cell phone? Or, or or just a call in general, like yeah. to the office. Usually they'll call our cell phone, okay. or the deputies will if they need a detective. Mm-hmm. Or we monitor the radio when we're at work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, take for instance, uh, it's, how long has it been? It ain't been that long ago. Maybe a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a we heard a call go out of a burglary in progress, and it was on uh, Anderson Hill. Okay, and the guy had a, a video cameras and so it activated his phone 
you know, he sees people in his house, so he calls and he's like, hey, mm-hmm. people are breaking in my house. So patrols going up there, all the detectives are going, and we're all trying to take different routes. Like we got ones going uh, up Verona Caney, and mm-hmm. I think I went up 431 to cut across. And then because I think we got a vehicle description because the way his cameras were set mm-hmm. up, he could see the car. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had something we was looking for. Mm-hmm. And we knew by the time we got there, they'd be gone. Uh, we get there and just so happened one of the deputies passed a car going back towards Lewisburg on Verona County Road. Mm. Uh, he whipped around, followed it, mm-hmm. and he saw it turn in a driveway, but then it just disappeared. And uh, But they had a shop, and he thought they pulled around the shop. So, mm-hmm. you know, he goes around the shop, and it ain't there. Well, they pulled in the shop. Mm. Just so happened that we got there. Uh, he got there, asked for backup, because most of us was farther away from him. So mm-hmm. we got another couple of cars there. Uh, the guys were in the shop, mm-hmm. which, of course, they come out, and one of them did. And, They're you know, like, oh, like hey, what's wrong, man? Hey, yeah, what's going like, on? Man, I've just been here, you know, doing this thing. Yeah, just working on my car, you know. Yeah, and, and the deputies asked him, he's like, I know a car went in there. And uh, he's just like, yeah, there's another guy in there. But he tried to play it off like like he didn't know. Yeah, you know what this happened. is my house. Oh, I got you. You know these. That's hey, that's smart yeah. move by him. Like this guy, he just drove in here. I don't. <laughs> He's like, I know these kids. You know they grew up with my son, and mm. they just you know pulled in here. I didn't know anything was going on. Mm-hmm. Of course, they took a a safe out of the house, and the safe was in the back of the car, and and all that, and uh, that'll do it. <laughs> so we end up having the one boy that's in there charging him. The other mm. guy that lived there, mm-hmm. which he was an older guy. He was probably my age. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two guys were probably closer to your age. Mm. And uh, so we get a talking to him and, and, you know, he just, he won't, you know, I, I've been here, I've been here. And, mm-hmm. and so they got made and which I knew the guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he said, well, I'm, let me talk to, let me talk to Jimmy. Mm. So me and him sat there and I'm like, look, dude, you know, not a best situation yeah. here. And he ended up giving us a giving me a confession, mm-hmm. uh, but his thing was I never did get out of the car. I mean, I told him this safe was here and there could be a lot of money in it because I used to work for this guy, and mm. and you know mm-hmm. them two went in it and broke in the house. I mean, I just gotcha. kind of drove them there and drove them mm. back. He's the wheel man. Yeah, so he ended up getting charged too. Mm. Uh, but you have some cases like that where it just. You know, it's, it's just all everything falls every, into place yeah, right there just, in front of you. Yeah, you're just lucky. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, through my career, I've had cases where they just kind of fall in your lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember about years ago, probably when I first started, I hadn't been been a deputy, but maybe two years, and uh, I was having to work day shift, and I was riding around and. And used to back then, uh, Sheriff Helton was a, a sheriff, Les Helton. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of on day shift, you come in mm-hmm. about nine o'clock in the morning, you know, all the deputies and the sheriff, you go to breakfast somewhere together. Mm. And then, you know, you have the time till lunch. And usually you went to lunch together with the sheriff. And, mm-hmm. and it was in that between time, between, uh, I think it was before breakfast, 
kind of time when you know it's kind of like you're killing time mm-hmm. and uh i thought well i'll go and there used to be these chirp pits down towards belfast I thought, well i'll go there and i had the tennessee and i thought pull back in there at chirp pit and look to sports mm-hmm. you know before I go to breakfast and just kind of chill out because i've done got tired of riding and uh pull back there and and uh there's like three guys and they got their car back there and the trunks open they're over here shooting guns and stuff and I'm thinking, well, I'll check them, you know, mm-hmm. you know something to do. Mm-hmm. And so I go t- talk to them, and, and uh, I remember looking in the back of their the trunk of the car, and there's like a bunch of Yanni CDs, which these kids are, you know, these people are like 19, 20. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, mm, they don't look really like somebody that listened to Yanni. I don't and, even know what Yanni is. Uh, it's some kind of <laughs> slinger that I don't even listen to. <laughs> You have to Google it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I'm looking at that. I'm thinking, you know, that's kind of weird. And mm-hmm. then I see some other things that just don't add up that these boys would have, which I've, by that time when they would come to me, I, you know, had them set the guns down and put them, mm-hmm. you know, where I can watch them. Had these over here, pad them down and because uh, I'm there by myself. Right. And one of them had a, a woman's class ring on his finger, like on his pinky. And uh, so I was like, or maybe when I was patting him, he might have it in his pocket. I'm not for sure. But anyway, I had the ring, and I remember it was like a Cornersville class ring, women's, and it was like 1976. You're like, what? Yeah. And so I'm like looking at the ring, and I'm like, because uh, things just started out of I'm thinking, hmm, I might have done a burglar somewhere. So I was like, whose ring is this? Where'd you get this ring? And he's like, uh, it's... It's my it's my mom's or something like that, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay. I said, well, what's your mom's name? Because the initials are in it. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm looking, and initials don't match up, and, mm-hmm. and uh, so finally, I think the detective, I think Norman Dalton, who's a detective, then he came up there to back me up, and we got looking. We found enough that we arrested them, and we was pretty much sure we had a burglary, and and I think that un- maybe when Norman got there, they confessed that they broke in a house, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but we didn't have a victim because mm-hmm. nobody's reported a burglary. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really know where they broke into. It was over towards Mooresville. And uh, I remember we had them down there, and, and uh, I guess Norman got statements and everything. We had them charged. And then it was on like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we get a phone call, hey, somebody's broke in my house. And, and that was a good feeling to say what was taken and then they start telling you and it's and like it's all yeah. what you saw yeah we've got it solved we got your stuff mm. you know uh you know just stuff that's like crazy that. just I mean, like things. before the <laughs> yeah that, that's that's crazy um so let's on the flip side of that i want to hear about maybe something that wasn't in your lap maybe you get something where it's like all right this is a tough case yeah probably there's a lot of tough ones because there's a lot of them that don't get solved. Okay, that's what I assume that uh, was like a more common yeah. thread, right? So when you when you say you, I've heard you say this a few times. When you say you have enough, what determines when you have enough? Just uh, what we're looking for is uh, probable cause and stuff. Mm. Uh, okay, enough that we can get a conviction, or oh. you know, enough. Gotcha. Not necessarily a conviction. Enough that we can charge somebody and. You know, once you get to court, mm-hmm. things who knows change. what will happen. Uh, but so, 
I'm, I guess, like, are you the one that decides, like, if you hear something, you're like, okay, this is enough? Or do you have to go to someone else, say, this is what happened, and then they say, okay, you have enough? Yeah. With us, usually it's it's on us. Okay. Uh, if, we have a, if we have a big case or something that, that could be big, we'll go to the DA and mm. say, all right, look, this is what I got. And okay. And show them our case file, and, and then – They'll tell us, you know, yeah, I think you got enough. Okay. Or they'll say. So that's what I was, that's why yeah. I was wondering. I didn't know if there was, if it was your call or if it was someone else. So yeah. it just kind of depends. It, well, it boils down. It's our call. Gotcha. Uh, but usually we'll go to DA just to say, you know, hey, what do you, because they're the ones going to prosecute this case. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they can look at it and, and it's kind of like looking at it from a different angle because then they can say, well, have you done this? Mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought about doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to maybe do this and this, and let's see where we're at. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like somebody looking from outside the box. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so most time on a big case, we'll pass things through. Or okay. a lot of times, even if it's small. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what determines a, a big case or a small case? It's just uh, anytime you got anybody that's, that's hurt, uh, an aggravated assault, homicide, child sex abuse, uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. You want to, those are considered big. Yeah. It's, you know, I guess every, every case is big to somebody. I understand. You I know, understand. If yeah. you're the victim. Right. I understand. Uh, but you got to, but we prioritize like, okay, that's a better word. Yeah. Probably. Well, say if I've got a, if your house has been burglarized mm-hmm. and I'm working your burglary mm-hmm. and then I get a homicide mm-hmm. well, your burglary is going on the back burner. Yeah. Uh, or if I get child sex abuse or something that's a crime against a, a person instead of crime right. against property. It's not that the, you don't, the other, the burglary doesn't matter. It's just that this other case, yeah. it's, it's, I'm gonna have to handle it's it just a higher, yeah, it's a yeah. higher level. And then I come back to your burglary mm-hmm. uh, or, because usually if we have like a if we have a homicide or something mm-hmm. there's a good chance all the detectives will be involved uh working on it at some angle uh, mm-hmm. if it's my homicide then I'll delegate you know I may tell one of my detectives you know hey I need to talk to this person this person this person can you run them down mm-hmm. you know I need this here I got this evidence I need mm-hmm. this run to the crime lab mm-hmm. you know and you do that and I need to find this out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I give each one of them a job. Now, like I'm a captain and I'm over detectives. Right. But say one of my detectives, Tony Nichols, mm-hmm. uh, he's on call. It's his homicide scene. Well, then I I don't over rank him. I don't come in and say, okay, I'm the boss. I'm captain. This is what we're going to do it. Okay. Tony it's, tells me he's, what he's yeah, the boss. If that, it's on him. Yeah. That crime scene. He's the man. Yeah, uh, he's running the show. Yeah, and then I'm I'm there. What You're do you You're just need? like a helper. Yeah, you know I want I you to do this, this, and it's the same way with the sheriff, chief deputy. Mm-hmm. They're gonna come in and assist. Uh, nobody's gonna take the crime scene over from the detective that has it unless they see something. Well, you know, gotcha. uh, you know this detective, yeah. I like he ain't doing it right or yeah. or whatever. Because the we've case. got like right now we've got a young young detective. He he's been back there with us six months seven months so if we had a big homicide we're probably not going to give it to him so here which i mean that makes sense right i mean uh, and usually the way we'll do it uh 
we all come together. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I bounce out, you know, this is what I think, what do you think? Which is smart. And we try to work it as mm-hmm. a team. Uh, so we'll bounce ideas or, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I think or, mm-hmm. you know, I think we need to do this. I got you. And, uh, and we're fortunate enough that we get to work with the city of Lewisburg. They have five or six detectives. And so we usually got an agreement. If I got a big crime scene, mm-hmm. homicide, I can call them to come in and help us also. Mm. So on any scene that's serious, we could have up to, you know, 10 detectives or something like that on it just in our county. Mm. Uh, and that helps a lot. Yeah, I could see that. I want to learn more about you say you question like, okay, I need to go. You got to go track these people down and you got to ask them questions. What are some of the ways you go about doing that? Do you just go up to them and say, hey, I need to ask you some questions? Or like when you find the person, how do you go about telling them, hey, I need to ask you stuff? Yeah. Usually, you know, you want to be tactful about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I come in and just say, you know, Zach, I need to talk to you, then according to how I say it is mm-hmm. how you're going to react. But if I come I like say, hey, I'm working this case, you know, I, I've got some information. Maybe you know something about it. Mm-hmm. You know, could we sit down and talk or could you come by the office? You know, at your convenience, we'll talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of it's according to how much evidence I got. Like if I got some evidence and, and it's pointing towards you and maybe I've done got a couple of witnesses that say, you know, I saw Zach do it. I saw him come out the back window. Mm-hmm. You know, he even sold me a stereo that come out of a burglary. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to nail you down more. You gotcha. Know, I'm going to – I'm probably not going to be as nice. I mean, I'm not going to be mean, but I'm going to be I like, understand. you know, look, Zach, it's time for you to help yourself. Help me help you. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so when you, when you actually get the person, like, to start asking them questions – what are some of the ways you try to, I don't, how do you get them to like confess, I guess, or tell them about the story? What are some of the tactics you have to take? Yeah, you know, you have good, good cop, bad cop as the <laughs> typical thing, but. And it's mostly, it's just talking. Okay. Um, according to how you talk to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and there's different words you don't use. You know, if you tell me something, you know, Jimmy, I, I wasn't in that house. You know, I don't want to say you're a liar. Mm-hmm. Because when I do that, you just throw up a, you know, mm-hmm. liar is a bad word. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I say, you know, look, Zach, I, I don't feel like you're telling me the truth. Uh, you know, we need mm-hmm. to be honest. And what are some of the times when you have to push when you got to, what are, what are some of the way, like, just a general example of maybe someone ain't, ain't talking. Yeah. So if, if I can get enough on them, then I'll be more louder. Mm-hmm. I'll be more, I don't know if you'd say confrontational, but I'll just more aggressive a yeah. little. Uh, and a lot of it's body language. I'm looking at body language, mm-hmm. uh, how your body's reacting. You know, if your arms are crossed, that's a defensive mechanism. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to talk to you enough to get them arms uncrossed and get you more open. Mm. And as I'm talking to you, I'm looking for signs, you know, if you, you drop your head, I hit something, you just kind of put your head down, then I know I'm getting close mm. uh, because it's going through your head now. Uh, because when somebody does something wrong or, or lies, it weighs a lot on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they want to get that pressure off of them also. I've watched videos where, you know, a, a guy's killed his whole family. And 
you know, and they have him in the interview room and they're talking to him and, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of amped up and he confesses and they leave the room and, you know, they're gone for 15, 20 minutes, come mm-hmm. back in, he's sound asleep. You know, he hadn't been able to sleep mm-hmm. uh, good for maybe a couple of days just mm-hmm. because all that's on him. Now he's let that out, you know, he's now he's just like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's just like a relief and, mm-hmm. and he just kind of crashes. Uh, but you know, when I'm talking about, I'm looking for body language. Uh, you know, I want to try to, I want to talk to him and I'm not going to be hateful or mean to him mm-hmm. unless they are to me. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had some interviews where, you know, I'm sitting there talking to him and, and they jump up and they're cussing me and, you know, and I get stern with them. You know, you know, you sit down, you're going to listen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and usually I won't give them time enough to answer my questions. A lot of time, like mm-hmm. I'll go through stuff and, and just keep, you know, this is what I know. And, and then when I say, yeah, but no, 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 let me talk. Mm-hmm. Let me talk. When I get through, I'm going to let you talk. Mm-hmm. And, and then I let more to show them this is what I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can either tell me, and then that's something I can go back to the DA or whoever that you know. Hey, they did make it hard on me. They wanted to cooperate. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks better on them a lot of times in court too. That you know mm-hmm. they wouldn't lie or or whatever. We just want to take a little break and let you know that coming up next is the fan question and answer. Thanks for tuning in to Occupation Nation. What's one of the scariest moments you've experienced? Mm. I don't know. That's It's hard. I mean, I've had scary moments mm-hmm. uh, of the unknown. I guess that's the most scariest yeah. part. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you end up going to a call, domestic or something. Mm-hmm. You're by yourself. You know, back when I started, like now, we have uh, night shift. I think there's four deputies on nights. Uh, back when I started, there was two of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I had a domestic, if I was working this end of the county, mm-hmm. you know, and the south end deputy was way south, you handled it by yourself. And, uh, you know, you didn't have any backup or it's going to be a good 15, 20, 30 minutes before you did have somebody to help you. Mm-hmm. And I think that help helps deputies learn how to talk or back then it did because you're by yourself mm-hmm. and, uh, probably stuff like that. Now when I got shot, that never, I, I didn't get scared on it, which I, you know, you, you would think, mm-hmm. you know, I went in that situation, I get scared, but but I never did get scared. I mean, it was just... It just, ha- it just happened so fast? Yeah. I think it was just... Everything was so quick. Mm-hmm. I didn't... I didn't think. I mean, I, I didn't think... There wasn't, like, this hype-up, like, situ- like time. It was yeah. all just, like, boom, 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 and yeah. all that happened. I just went, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't think... I didn't think of an outcome. Uh, you know, I didn't think, you know, I could get hurt or... Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, you were just doing what yeah. you thought you uh, should be doing, right? But it, it's... There's been different, and there's been a lot of times I've been scared of my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you overcome that, and, and I guess with a job, you, you know, you're going to be scared, and it's smart to be scared. Mm-hmm. If if you're not scared, something's wrong. Right. And you're going to get hurt. Right. Because 
you know, on different things, if you kind of get that feeling and, mm -hmm. you know, it, it makes you more cautious of stuff around you, I think, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, heightens your senses. Yeah, I was about to say, it's that like sixth sense where you're like, all right, something's up here. Right. And, and I, th you know, I think probably everybody in law is, it's like anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, have I ever been so scared I couldn't do anything? Um, no, but it's no different than you're sitting here watching TV and you hear a loud noise outside at midnight and you're thinking, what's that? Yeah. You know, yeah. And your yeah. heart's kind of racing. Well, I can't, and, yeah. And I know. can't, and you're in your house at that point. I can't <laughs> imagine being out somewhere you've never been. And then just like something like that happening. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Next question we have, uh, what are some of your hobbies? What are some of the things you do outside of work? And then what are some of the ways you, uh, like decompress after like a, such a, such a stressful situation? Mm. I guess my hobbies would be my kids. Uh, hmm. John, I got one home now, Spence, and baseball. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, me and Becky really enjoy baseball. Mm -hmm. uh, do that a lot. As far as any real hobbies, mm -hmm. I don't really have any. <laughs> I mean, I've, I used to hunt all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, the kids, once they got big enough to hunt, uh, I'd go hunting with them some. Mm -hmm. Now it's done got to the point where it's like, why don't you get up at four in the morning? <laughs> I'm just going to sleep in today. Yeah. Uh, but I guess my hobby is just being with, with Becky. I enjoy being my wife, mm -hmm. uh, whether we're watching TV or if she wants to go shopping or mm -hmm. going out to eat, uh, just being with family. Uh, now that my two older two, they're going away to college. Mm -hmm. uh, Bryce, which he'll, he'll come home every other weekend or something like that he ain't far away but savannah's in knoxville mm -hmm. and so seeing her i think she went in august mm -hmm. last year and i think she's been home twice because mm -hmm. uh, her schedule's real busy and mm -hmm. so you don't see her as much but just my hobbies you know is just just center around your yeah. family when we I get around when we, when we can all get together because mm -hmm. christmas is about the only time and it's kind of you know, that would be my hobbies, probably my family, doing mm -hmm. stuff with them. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a good way to take your mind off work and just relax a little, just mm -hmm. being with them. And I try not to, I try not to associate work with home. I mean, when right. I get home, there's cases I think about or that'll come, you know, things will come to me, oh, I should do this or I should do that. Mm -hmm. But I try to, you know, when I get home, I'm done. But, but then being in my position, I mean, a lot of people know me, so, you know, I'll have people call me or mm -hmm. they'll message me on Facebook or something or, you know, to, to ask for advice or mm -hmm. for having problems here or there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I always try to – I always call people and answer them and, and because if if I was looking for help from law enforcement or, mm -hmm. you know, needing to know something, I would – you know, I don't want somebody to answer my, you know, my call. Right. Uh, so – I got you. It's it, it's it'd be hard to just cut it off. Just like no, I can't do that. You know, just like you said, where you are. So, uh, what is the most satisfying arrest you've ever made? Where you were just like, ah, got him. Probably, I've had several, and and usually it's been because of uh, either child sex abuse uh, or uh, anything to do with child. I, I I just you know when you get them when I can like, get them oh. because a lot of times you know we'll have a 
say a child sex abuse case, well, mm-hmm. it may have happened five years ago. And, you know, it's just now coming out because the child's gotten older, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and for five years it's been bothering that child, but they hadn't told nobody. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, they end up telling their parents or, or they tell, you know, their preacher or, or school guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. And so I get a case and there's no evidence because it's been so long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you can get a confession or, or a conviction on that, uh, I've got one, I've had several that's, you know, that's been years in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I had one and the girl, she was at the time she was 10 or 11. And I think it was her uncle and he was like 21. Oh, uh, uh, wow. Well, the time we got it, got it to us, she was like, I think she's like 15, 16. Uh, and I remember I run the uncle down, found him, got a question, which he denied it. And, uh, but I knew I, I, because she was giving too many details for that long ago. Mm-hmm. But he just kind of disappeared. I remember Eddie Bernard was our DA, and I'm like, look, I got this case. You know, I, I know the guy done it, mm-hmm. just the way he's acting. He's, you know, I've been trying to get him to come to the office mm-hmm. so we can sit down and talk. He won't do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember he said, well, come on, we'll go out to his house. And uh, so he got in the car. Me and him got in the car and went out there. Well, he'd moved. Nothing was there. Everything was gone. I was like, couldn't find him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was probably like two or three weeks later, I was in circuit court. We had a court case. Mm-hmm. And uh, the drug task force, some of our drug guys were there, was just – you know, talking, I was like, man, I've been looking for this guy. I wish I knew where I could find him. And one of them was like, we got warrants on him. We've done some buys off him. You mm. want him? I was like, yeah. He goes, we can get him. Oh, all and right. So as soon as court was over, we all piled up mm-hmm. and got him. And so we arrested him on the drug charges. So then I had him at my house. And mm. then I started talking to him and, you know. Getting down and, to it. And uh, he ended up, his confession was, well, she come on to me. And I was like, you know, hey, I don't, you know, I don't blame you. You're a man, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, what all happened? <laughs> and, you know, I made it. I went along with him. It was her fault. Oh, I got but you. But that gave me my confession. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think he got 20, 20 some odd years in the penitentiary. Uh, smart, smart move, right? Yeah. I mean, whenever you can kind of try to make them relate to you and make yeah. you, make them feel more comfortable, they're going to start. Yeah, because I'm going to, you know, if if you've molested a child or mm-hmm. done anything like that and i'm not going to tell you because that's what everybody looks at you know oh, you're an animal you're sick you're perverted mm-hmm. well if i'm looking at you on on, on something like that i don't i'm not going to tell you you know you're sick you're perverted mm-hmm. you know if nothing else i'm sorry, I, I understand yeah i mean i saw her I yeah mean, she's a cute girl and then when you say that they're like oh well, maybe yeah. maybe maybe he's thinking that way too and nobody's going to know so i'm going to yeah. tell him a little more or, you know uh mm-hmm I think I've had I had one. It was a, is a child abuse case. Um, as a child, she was. She wasn't big enough to talk. She's probably about two, maybe mm-hmm. a little under two. Mm-hmm. But I got called out, and the mother, the mother and father wasn't married, wasn't even together anymore. They were boyfriend and girlfriend, had a child, and uh, he had the child for the weekend, and. 
woke up crying. They end up taking it to Williamson County to to the hospital, and uh, which law enforcement there got called because mm-hmm. the child had bruising on its face, mm. and then they transferred the child to Vanderbilt, and uh, so once Franklin Police Department was there, mm-hmm. they found out that it happened in Marshall County. So I get called, so I take off to Vanderbilt, which. Like my car, I don't have a cage in it. It ain't like a police car. Mm-hmm. But uh, I get up there, and I, uh, the daddy uh, who done it is there. You know, he's a concerned parent. The mother was there, and uh, the baby looked a whole lot worse than what it was. I mm-hmm. mean, its face was all bruised up. And you can tell that handprints done started coming out, mm-hmm. and uh, so I knew somebody had struck that child, mm-hmm. and. And he'd been with her or been with the father. So I, I got through taking pictures of the child and I come out mm-hmm. and, uh, called a nurse or a doctor or something. I said, I need to talk to the, to the daddy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so they put me in a conference room. So here, you can come in here. Nobody bother you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just got talking to him and I'm like, well, what do you think happened to her? And he's like, I was in the garage and, I was washing the car and waxing it. And I think mm. some of them chemicals maybe it irritated her, and mm. and uh, and I was like, okay, okay. And uh, he said she was crying. You know, I laid her down for a nap, and I laid down to take a nap. Mm-hmm. She kept waking up crying, so I put her in the bed with me, and and uh, you know, I, I've got this sleeping problem where I fling my arms when I sleep. I must have must accidentally mm. hit her, and I didn't even know it. And, uh, which I'm thinking, yeah, you know, she's got a hand mark here and I, you know, it, yeah, yeah. after a little bit of time, I mean, you can tell the hand marks cause mm-hmm. you just the fingers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I was like, nah, uh, mm-hmm. so I end up charging him, but usually if I'm out on the street somewhere, I call a deputy. Hey, we got one gotcha. you take him to jail for gotcha. me. Well, I'm all the way up in Nashville, so I can't call a deputy and, mm-hmm. and, uh, so and and it, I guess I was so mad about. It, I thought he he's going to jail tonight yeah. in my car. So yeah. you know I cuffed him right there in the hospital and told him, "So I'm charging you with child abuse," and put him in my car. Mm-hmm. His handcuff behind. I put the seatbelt on him, and mm-hmm. uh, I knew he was going to, have to go down I-65. I didn't know what his state of the mind, you know, frame was going to be. Mm-hmm. So I got my taser out and I laid it beside me. And I said. I said, you stay on that side mm-hmm. and and uh, act right. And I mm-hmm. said, because if not, I'll tell you why we're going down the interstate. I said, yeah. you know, he's like, oh, that's no problem. Happen. And he didn't. Uh, and we ended up convicting him mm-hmm. uh, on the child abuse and stuff. Mm-hmm. But anything to do with kids, I mean. If, when you if, get them, you're just like, yeah. oh, uh, yes. You know, it's, I guess it's kind of personal. Right, uh, right, right. Because you don't never know whose kid's going to be. And a lot of times yeah. the kids are not believed. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you come to find out maybe they told their parents, mm-hmm. you know, cousin Billy done this to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll keep you away from cousin Billy. But, you know, it eats at kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to when it eventually does come out and, and we can do something about it or we can get a conviction on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's, that's... That's a big win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we're getting we're getting some questions here. So next one, um, I think this is a pretty interesting question. So it 
what this person's asking is, how do you feel about this this negative idea about police, and like, how do you deal with knowing that you're going to have to deal with the media at some point? Is it you dealing with the media directly, or is it someone else? Or I've had dealt, dealt with the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, I try to pass that along. Mm, yeah, because yeah, yeah. they call me, I'm like, you know, you got to talk to the sheriff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, yeah, you, know, yeah. you got to talk right. to chief deputy. Uh, you know, here in the last few years, police police have got a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I know it's it's and it's like just anywhere else. I mean. There's good apples. There's bad apples. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been fortunate enough in my career. I worked with some really good guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been one or two that I didn't think was, you know, that great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it it's hard because we kind of, you know, the, the worst professions to have uh, is being a police officer, a preacher, or a teacher. Mm-hmm. Because any three of those people, professions, do something wrong. You're right on, it's on like the a, news. It's a bullseye on your back, yeah, right? You, know, uh, mm-hmm. you see a police officer gets DUI. I mean, it's plastered all over the news. Right. Because you know. the, the natural way is <coughs> to hold them, hold you yeah. to a higher standard. You're like, you're going to try to charge me or whatever. Then yeah. you should and do that, right? So does that make it hard for you to do your job, or do you just kind of do what you can I mean, and know that's a part of it? Yeah. I mean, I just, to me, I do my job. Mm-hmm. uh you know, it's part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, our community, we've been fortunate enough. It ain't like uh, St. Louis or some of those where they've had rioting or, or you know, this or that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I follow all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, officer involved shootings, you know, where people are questioning it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always wonder, you know, the, the media leaves out a whole lot. Uh, it's like the whole, you know, in St. Louis and all that. Uh you know, where the officer shot him, well, it, it kind of left out that he robbed a guy at a store mm. uh, mm-hmm. just before then, and that the guy was like six four or whatever. The police officer stopped him. He come and tried to reach in his car and take his gun. I think hit him. Mm. You know, all of that was left out. Uh, right. You know, then it right. shows some social media, and he's right. holding guns and gang signs. Right. But the media put, you know. He was just a perfect person. Yeah, and, you do see a lot of that you where know, you'll they'll interview these people and they're like, he's just the best best boy and he's yeah. a good person. So, uh, when in working around here, do you have to deal with that as much? No, I mean you have you have people out there that don't like the police, right? And, right. and they're going to try to push your buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're going to have some that's going to fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have that and. And that's would you say that that is just a part of of the job that you're in? Oh yeah, that's you know that's it's just a part of it. It's part of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna get in scrapes. You know, it would be nice if everybody you arrested, you know, you just said you're under arrest, and are like, "Gosh, you got me." Yeah, right. You know, and go to jail. Right. Um, but you're gonna have some that they're gonna fight you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to get away. Uh, so it's. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get in your scuffles. Mm-hmm. Uh, people's going to get away. I've mm-hmm. had a couple get away, and I've, I've had my hands on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, end up all I've got is a jacket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. run off. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, you know, the the majority of police are good. 
mm-hmm. and and they're there for you know for your protection mm-hmm. uh we don't have we've got a bad job i mean what we see 90 percent of the times the worst in people you know yeah it's like a teacher at least they're gonna have one or two bad students in a class mm-hmm. but overall they're gonna have good students you know, students that they're proud of, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like her. I mean, mm-hmm. she sees her students doing well that she's had, mm-hmm. you know, she's tickled to death proud. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, when I see my victims doing well, you know, that, that makes makes me feel better mm-hmm. uh, or that they're getting the help they need or, or mm-hmm. whatever and getting past that bad point in their life. But most time people we deal with, it's at their worst moment. Whether mm-hmm. they come home and their house has been burglarized, if they're upset, they're mad about it, but then they've got two kids that's mm-hmm. young. Now they're terrified, you know. Uh, somebody's been like, I can't sleep. Um, yeah, what if they come yeah. back? And, you know, uh, so you get to see the worst in people in our yeah. job. That's the only bad. There's some good points. You get to see some good stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, but probably see more bad than you see good uh was there any time that you thought that maybe that job the job is not for you where you're like ah no this ain't for me no i've when i started the job is like i never did we was talking about this before i I didn't i didn't grow up wanting to be a placement Mm -hmm. i was 24 i think when i started Mm. uh and and it was just kind of uh Hey, I see a policeman. I met him. I know him. Mm-hmm. Seemed like a cool guy. It's a pretty cool job. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'd like to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never had it where I'm like, man, I should have done. You know, I don't like this. I've always enjoyed it. Uh, there has been times where, you know. It's a little harder. Yeah. It, yeah. You, when a lot of stuff gets piled up on you, you know, it's like any other job. But mm-hmm. throughout my career, I mean. I You've never hit this breaking point where you're like, all right, this is not for me. Yeah, I'm because I, I I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Okay, uh, you know if if I could go back in time, mm-hmm. I would probably would have tried to get in law enforcement earlier. Uh, you know, when I was 21 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a rewarding career for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I love my job. It's something different every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, even I can make it different every day. You know. I don't have to go in and sit in my office or mm-hmm. do paperwork. If you know, if I feel like you know, hey, I just want to get out and get some air, mm-hmm. ride around. Mm-hmm. I've got the whole county. I can just ride around in. Yeah, uh, that's cool. You know, and I don't got to be anywhere. And you're still time. working at that point because you're still out and about and you're yeah. doing your thing. But mm-hmm. it's just a change of scenery. Yeah, uh, that's nice. <coughs> so, to me, it is it's the best job. I'm not stuck in a factory. I'm not stuck mm-hmm. in a classroom. Yeah. Yeah, you know, for sure. Uh, you're not in a cube all day. Yeah. Just, uh, construction, you know, if, if you're out building houses and it gets cold, then you're going to be cold. Mm-hmm. If I'm out and about and I get cold, I can get in my car mm-hmm. <laughs> or I can go to my office mm-hmm. or, you know. Uh, and yeah. You, you can make what you want of it. I mean, when I first started, I worked nights and stuff. You know, if mm-hmm. you really want to get out and hustle, mm-hmm. uh, you can find people to stop. You can find, you know, tail light out or mm-hmm. find DUIs, and you can make yourself as busy as you want to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're tired one night, mm-hmm. well, I think I'm just going to patrol. I'm not going to get out and just hunt, hunt, hunt. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you can patrol uh, and just ride around and be seen and kind of, you know, look, you know, mm -hmm. look at houses. Because usually once you work a zone and you ride an area, you know, you familiarize yourself a lot of times with cars or things that are there. Mm -hmm. So if you say something out of, you know, shouldn't be there, then mm -hmm. it, you know, you notice that's like me, like Tanya and Scott Leonard did live over by us. And I remember every morning I'd come out mm -hmm. and I kind of look at the houses because uh, I know several people live by us. Uh, but I remember seeing a car over at Tanya and Scott's never seen that car before and tanya and scott wasn't at home so mm. you know i'm calling tanya and saying mm -hmm. hey there's a you know yeah, this yeah, car yeah. at your house and mm -hmm. it, i think it was her sister so. oh okay but but you you're know, still just yeah. you know you're, you're yeah. looking you're being observant because i kind of know especially on my route to work right what's you know, normally there and yeah. what the normal situation and if is. i know the people like tanya or especially then uh, right um so uh, this is a pretty interesting question. Have you ever wanted to ro relocate to somewhere maybe more urban where there's more criminal activity? Or have you always been kind of happy with being in the rural area? Yeah. I've always I've always liked our county. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had opportunities to go mm -hmm. uh, years ago to go to Williamson County. Mm -hmm. uh, places like that or Franklin Place Department. And I tried to work... You know, the pros and cons, mm -hmm. you know, there were some bigger departments, probably better pay, better benefits. Mm -hmm. But then I've got to travel there. Uh, and, and I've always, I moved to Marshall County in 1990 when me and Becky got married. And, and I've always just loved Marshall County. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've never, you know, I've never wanted to go to Murray County or, you know, I've just, I guess I was comfortable in Marshall County. I, I got know you. people. I got you. Uh, so, so you you would say it's not really about the rural and urban. It's more of just being comfortable in where you are. Yeah, I think it's. I got you. You you don't you don't see yourself wanting more to move somewhere mm -hmm. like man. I wish I was in Chicago where it's just crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that ain't for you, right? Yeah. The only the only way I guess possibly if i could do it over mm -hmm. i wouldn't mind starting my career in new york or chicago and then coming here no, i'd be retired by now. oh be 20 years and you're out uh, i got you, you get full got pension you. there you uh, go yeah but <laughs> those 20 years though <laughs> yeah. which i've never i don't know i've just i don't want to i wouldn't want to go anymore anywhere where it's more crime mm. uh i got you maybe when i was younger mm -hmm. you know but at this point in your life you're yeah. like nah, nah. now it's kind of like you know if you know if marshall county nobody ever broke another law or mm -hmm. no burglaries and mm -hmm. that's fine with me uh, <laughs> but back when i was younger i'm like any i was like any young officer you're, i mean you know you want to get out there and get in get stuff mm -hmm. and, and do this and do that mm -hmm. uh and, that, and that's just like our county i mean we have enough crime you know for for keep us keep y'all busy yeah mm -hmm. I, i've got friends that work metro and and stuff and mm -hmm. you know and theirs is just like us you go take a report you come back to the office you can write out the report and do whatever you got to do mm -hmm. where a lot of them in metro they got the computers in their car <clears throat> and a lot of times before they ever leave the scene they got to do the report mm -hmm. because if not 
as soon as I go 10-8, they're on another call. Mm. And, you know, next thing you know, there's six, you know, reports behind. Oh, wow. And yeah. they got to be done before they leave. Uh, so, I mean, I, don't, I just – It'd make the day go because mm-hmm. the busier you are, the faster right. time right. goes. But but more work you do, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd hate to, <laughs> you know, just get it piled yeah, on to you. Know, just never get a break. Yeah. When I got into it, uh, it's I guess more or less the same now. Uh, as far as your physically fitness, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty much up to you. You have mm-hmm. a you have to pass a physical fitness test through the academy, just like a physical. Or, or, or an actual, and, okay. And doing all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some departments, they have yearly, you know, mm-hmm. where you got to do running so much time and do this and do that. Mm-hmm. By looking at me, you can tell we don't have that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you'd go through the academy. I mm-hmm. think the academy, I think we touched on this last time, it's like 12 weeks. Now, when I went through, it was eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go through the academy now. If you're in a bigger department, Memphis, Nashville, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not sure Chattanooga's got their own. Knoxville, I think, has got their own. Have their own academies because their department's so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anybody else will go through Donaldson. Uh, there's a couple other places that you can go and pay yourself. Donaldson, where I went, you have to be law enforcement. Uh, law enforcement department has to send you there or mm-hmm. uh if you're in college and like a criminal justice major mm-hmm. i think your professor or a guidance counselor whoever can get you in the academy as part of your class uh but you have to go through our academy mm-hmm. uh there's some private academies you can pay your own way through and then mm-hmm. the department can pick you up but you have to do that uh, so, like, in terms of not physical stuff, did you do all your firearm training and stuff there right. as well? Well, when you go through the academy, you got a uh, you hit all those points. Yeah, you got a week of firearms, and you got a uh, pass a written exam and a mm. shooting exam. Uh, driving, mm. you do that for a week, and you got a driving course you got to pass in so much time. Mm. Uh, at the academy, you have. I think it was we would come in on Sunday, and that Sunday when you got there, whatever you had the week before, mm-hmm. you had to test on it. Mm. If you failed, they posted your scores. Uh, so everybody knew what you got. Well, it was like your last four digits of your Social uh, Security or uh, something. So you had to go look. And, you're like, ah, Jimmy, what'd you get? Ah, yeah. <laughs> but if you failed, you had to retake it, and then the two combined scores had to be a passing. Score. Oh, gotcha, so, gotcha, you gotcha. Know, if you made like a a sixty and then the second time you took it, you made a 70 and mm-hmm. passed. Mm-hmm. You come to 65, you fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if you failed if you failed two tests, you got sent home. It's mm-hmm. just you're done. Uh, so you had to pass a test every week to stay there. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the driving. Uh, you had a driving course you had to go through. Uh, you know, if you fail it, mm-hmm. you have to come back in the next academy and retake it that week mm. uh, if you fail it again you're done mm-hmm. the same thing with farms uh if you failed your farms qualification the next academy you had to come back that week for farms and you know if you failed it you're out mm. uh, but then after you get out of the academy we still have to do all law enforcement has to do 40 hours at least 40 hours of in service mm. and it can range from going to a 
criminal investigator school, mm-hmm. interview interrogation, uh, self defense. Then there's like uh, there's a bunch of just general it touches on a little bit of everything, <coughs> but you got to have uh, out of that forty hours. I think eight hours has got to be farms training mm-hmm. where you're in the classroom and then you're on the range. Mm-hmm. Uh, the driving there's only like a almost an hour two hour training session. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentally ill you gotta have like an hour of it i think child sex abuse is Mm -hmm. so many hours then you end up having like i don't know like 24 hours where it can be whatever Mm. you you want to find so is there any training on this is another question here um is there any type of training on de-escalation like uh like calming people down is Uh, that one of the things you hit that's that's part of our the mental the mental illness oh, part okay uh is how to deal with somebody that's mentally ill or mentally unstable uh gotcha and then there's and a lot of these are specialized schools too mm. uh it's conflict was it conflict intervention something like that mm. uh and they they specifically look into de-escalation and, right. and calming them down and not making sure things get out of hand right because there's i know murfreesboro's having one this year because that's why i was thinking about going to in service on something like that because mm-hmm. uh, i got a list of all their in services are doing this year and that one kind of caught my attention i thought yeah, it might be something you know I, i'd like to do to mm-hmm. you know because somebody that's mentally unstable mm-hmm. you don't know what they're going to do mm-hmm. uh, if you can ever talk them down you know i've i've got to see it out in you know all the time law enforcement you're dealing with some unstable people some mentally unstable people mm-hmm. uh you know that's either off their meds or or whatever and mm-hmm. and just making sure they don't hurt hurt us or we don't hurt them yeah, yeah. uh you know because they, they come running out with a knife then you know they end up getting shot mm-hmm. well then it comes out well you know, that was my son, and he was mentally mm-hmm. handicapped. He didn't know what he was doing. Well, law enforcement, we got to protect ourselves. Right, right. As well as protect the public. And a lot of times we don't know. You know, we don't know what his intentions are. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, and it's easy to, on a lot of those, to, you know, sit back and quarterback. Well, you know, you you should have done this or you should have done that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you got split-second decisions. Right. Uh, and we're not trained. We're trained if aggression comes towards us. Mm-hmm. We're trained to uh, to stop it. Gotcha. And you know, gotcha. and it's according what the what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got different levels that uh, that we use, mm-hmm. and but you can go from say level one where you know I'm hands on to where I'm trying to take your life mm-hmm. or having to take your mm-hmm. life or whatever, mm-hmm. and it can just change and it's. It's always different, right? You know, right. I mean, it. Like me, I'm kind of a big guy, so, you know, if I have a woman that's five foot one, a hundred pounds, and mm-hmm. she comes and attacks me, you know, with her fist, mm-hmm. I can go hands on and subdue like, her. All right, yeah, but if you shoot her, it ain't uh, gonna look good. Right, exactly. But then again, if you have a guy my size, and we have an officer that say she's a hundred pounds mm-hmm. and he comes it's the reverse her. of that right i mean she could shoot him and be justified in it just mm-hmm. you know that a lot it's of all situational you know um, 
this person, that person. It's all different, right? Yeah. Here's one. After you got shot, um, were you afraid to to go back on call? Was it was it sitting on the back of your head like, oh man, no, that's too was, scary? Or were you ready to get back? I was. So I got shot on a Monday. I was ready to go back to work on Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> it never did. You know, I because you see like these athletes. You know, they'll like tear their ACL or something, and then they're like, you know, always kind of favoring that. I didn't know yeah. if that kind of affected you in any way. No, I mean, I probably in the back of my head. I guess I, I worried. You know, I thought, well, mm-hmm. you know, when I next time I get in a kind of a volatile situation how am i gonna act i mean yeah, am i gonna yeah. not act like i usually would mm-hmm. uh so i had that but <clears throat> i never did think you know no you know i'm not going back you yeah know? because uh, yeah. i had to say so it's happened in march i think i went back in the first of june mm-hmm. uh in the mar in the may first of june and uh I mean, I, just, I couldn't wait to go, you know, I just, mm-hmm. which I was going down there, you know, at least once, twice a week. I'd be sitting at home, nothing to do. And, yeah. And I would drive and, and uh, usually meet up with my other detectives, go to lunch with them. Or So were you, <coughs> did you have to leave? Were they like, Jimmy, you got to go home. Like you can't come to work. Is yeah. that how it was? Or was it like you just had to because of physic, like your health? Yeah. Well, the, cause where I got shot, mm-hmm. uh, I had to be off till the doctor released me for that. Okay, but uh, also with our uh, we any officer involved shooting, TBI mm-hmm. investigates, and whether it's a good shoot or bad shoot, mm-hmm. uh, they investigate it, and then they got to take their findings to the grand jury, uh, and that's what took so long. They didn't get their. I don't think they got to go to the grand jury till June. Mm. Well. We can't come back until they get to the grand jury. So I mean, I could have come back uh, March, April. I think I could have. I could have. Doctor released me. I think in April, mm. something like that. So mm-hmm. I mean, I was good to go back, but I couldn't until TBI. Gotcha. And all that cleared it. Gotcha. And uh, so before they get to the grand jury, it was in June or whatever, and uh, so it just. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting at home, yeah, yeah, waiting, and uh, but Just I mean, itching. so you were. Bottom line is, you were itching to get back. Yeah, I mean, like shooting. Uh, you know, the doctors told me I couldn't shoot for until uh, I got released. I didn't need to shoot a gun or use that hand, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I, I was itching, you know, to hurry and get released just to get out in the yard and, you know, yeah. shoot 50 rounds or 100 rounds, just, you know. Uh, just make sure you, yeah, just to, you're you on it, yeah. yeah. Just to shoot. Yeah. And, and, uh, cool. So, um, so um, here, here's, a, here's a kind of a deeper question. So in your opinion, this is going to get crazy, <laughs> is, the, is the drug use epidemic more of a criminal issue or a mental health issue? Huh. Drug use. Well, and and what measures do you think we could take to reduce like overdoses? I don't know if that's your expertise, but yeah. I'm actually I'm going on a class on that next week. Oh, okay, all right. Um, 
not next week, the week after next. Okay. Um, you know, we do have an epidemic. Uh, and yeah, that's like me growing up. Marijuana. You know, it's marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you start hearing a little bit about cocaine. Uh, never did see it, but you'd hear about it. Mm-hmm. Till now that it's got the opiates, uh, pills, you know, and and now it's gone from pills to heroin's coming back mm. because heroin will give you the same high as the pill, but it's a whole lot cheaper. Or probably, oh. you know, it'll probably kick it up a little bit more. I got you. But good chance you're going to OD on it because they're putting a little fentanyl in there and, and this and that. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, you know, is, is locking people up going to stop it? We've been doing that for years. It ain't worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it's just like supply and demand. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if there's people the, are going to find a yeah, way, right? If there's demand for it, yeah, supply is going to come in. Yeah. Uh, so, do you think it? Like I said, going back, do you think it's a criminal thing, or do you think it's like a mental health thing? I mean, I, to me personally, I, I think it's criminal. Um, I mean, you know, you could fall on well, you know, it's mental, mm-hmm. but. A lot of the people that we've dealt with, they they didn't have any mental issues until after they got on them. Gotcha, uh, you gotcha. Know, uh, because you you see all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know a, a guy that he grew up, and his daddy had a business, mm-hmm. nice business. Uh, his dad's house is probably close to a million dollar home. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's worked hard all of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a son that, you know, I remember when he was 16, the hot car out was the IROC Z. Come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> all right. Guess what he had? Nice red one. Mm. His first one. Mm. Uh, and, he, and he had stuff handed to him. And now he's in the penitentiary. And ever since he's been 18, in mm-hmm. which he's close to 50 now. Uh, ever since he's been 18, he's been in and out of the penitentiary, mm. uh, drugs. Because uh, when he was younger, he wanted to party, and mm. the crowd he run with, you know, it went from marijuana to cocaine to pills, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he's just. And I looked at him thinking, you know, you threw, you threw all that away. I mean, you know, if you'd yeah. have been, you know, done what you're supposed to do, work for your daddy, work in the business. Mm-hmm. You would be over the business, you know. Mm-hmm. You would be in a million dollar home if you wanted, or or yeah. you would have what you wanted, you know. But it all fell apart. Yeah, and he just, and I, and I know the guy, and he's yeah. don't have it. To me, he don't have any mental problems, but so so you'd say it's it, it really probably is. Yeah, I'm, I'm it's thinking just a, it's know, just a choice, right? It's not a mental yeah. health thing. It's I'm a, thinking it's a choice. Now some, I'm not saying all. Right, right, uh, right. Some it could be mental, but. Most of the time, it's going to be choice. It's more of that. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Just people That's want to party, yeah. and they, mm-hmm. you know, their friends done it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try it, and then it's just a vicious cycle. Yeah. Three more. First one. Um, if there was one thing you could change uh, with your years of experience, what what would you change? I don't know. Uh, I've been happy with my career. Mm. Uh, I've worked at 
Marsh County Sheriff's Department and Lewisburg Police Department. Mm-hmm. The only two departments I worked at. Mm-hmm. And I went back and forth. Uh, started out sheriffs, went to the police, come back to the sheriffs, went back to the police, mm-hmm. come back to the sheriffs. <laughs> and probably, if there's anything I could change, you know, sometimes I think back, I think, you know, maybe if I never left the sheriff's department. But then again, I look at the other side of it and think, well, it's hard to be like yeah. you wouldn't be where you are if you right. changed it, right? Because when I went to the police department, I got to go to better end services, mm-hmm. you know, and I got some classes. You learned a little uh, more, you know, and and you work in the police department where you deal more, kind of the urban setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I've took things from the sheriff's department and the police department, mm-hmm. and and I think it's made me what who I am, mm-hmm. and. You know, but then sometimes I look at it like, you know, if I'd have stayed, you know, I'd I'd have almost thirty years in with this one department. And, yeah. You know, my retirement and all that'd be just great. And, <laughs> yeah. And but. But you're happy know. with all the. Yeah. You, you're I, happy with where you are. Yeah, I'm thinking if if I had to do over, mm-hmm. I'd I I can't think of anything I'd change. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't like a point where you're like, all right, that was a misstep. Is what you mean? Yeah, I you, mean you're I, like I'm pretty happy with everything you've yeah, done. Yeah, I mean I okay. I think I'm well. That's I, good. I mean, hey, <laughs> that's good, right? Um, so uh, last two, after you were shot, um, how did your family feel about you going back out there? Was it was it tough on them to see you after? You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I never did. I'm sure it bothered them, mm-hmm. uh, but I guess I never did ask them. I uh, got you. And it wasn't enough where they were, yeah, like, I mean, confrontational about you going back. Yeah. I mean, they, they know this is what I've done. I mean, I've done this before they were ever born. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, they grew up into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which... I never did ask. I mean, mm-hmm. Becky knew I was wanting to go back. Mm-hmm. I don't think the kids did. Uh, I don't think that. I don't think they could see me doing anything else. Nick, I think they were fine with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, they they grew up in it and they understood. Yeah, um, I think the day that it happened, Bryce and Savannah, they were at school and mm-hmm. and uh, Cookville, and they knew I was okay. Mm-hmm. But still, they come home. You know, we're coming home. Yeah, yeah, for we're sure. Just, for sure. Want to put eyes on him, and, and they come home, and then they went back to school the next day. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, last question. Um, uh, what do you feel is the greatest need for your department? Is it more staff? Is it better technology? Is it uh, more cool stuff? I, I don't – what do Which, you feel? Or do you feel you don't need more? Yeah, we, we can always use stuff. <laughs> you know, it's – you know, things that we would need. I mean, you know, our county's small, and and so we only we get what we get, and, mm-hmm. and we're not hurting anything. I mean, I can remember when I first started, you know, and you didn't really have computers, and, you know, and now mm-hmm. we've got, you know, the deputies have a computer that they can do reports on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, and there's always needs. I mean, you know, do we need more people? Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I always use more people, but do we need them? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, what about what about the tech part of it? Do you think there's tech that you guys could be, or maybe someone else has that you wish you had? Yeah. Or 
there's like like Lewisburg Police Department. I know they they have a, a when they do their reports, it's all online or all on the uh, the computer, mm-hmm. and it generates it into one place. And I don't want to say day shift takes a report on uh, on a burglary, mm-hmm. and this 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 was stolen, and then night shift gets called to a location where maybe some of the stuff's been recovered, mm-hmm. and they take pictures of it. Mm-hmm. When they put it on their network, it attaches to that first officer's report. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then something else happens and that has to do with that, and it automatically attaches. Gotcha. Uh, so then when the investigator comes in. It's all know, right there in yeah, that one place. It's there, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, where it's at in the evidence, all this. It's mm-hmm. got all this information. And, and I think from what I understood, too, like, you know, I'm thinking, I'm looking at Zach Horvath on something. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's ever, we've ever had any kind of reports. Mm-hmm. Just put it in there, mm-hmm. and then anything that we've had where your name's been mentioned uh, will come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, w- I wish we had something like that. Over your career, have you seen things get better, stay the same, like in terms of vehicles or technology? Have you seen things that have been like, okay, I wish we had that before, or yeah. has it been kind of like, all right, it's been yeah, about I've, the same? I've seen things get better. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, you know, technology, like I said, we had computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started, I think there might have been one computer in the whole department, mm. something like that, mm-hmm. uh, maybe two. Uh, you know, like the secretary had one to do reports and stuff on, but like, deputies didn't have when you hand wrote all your reports and uh and we still got some mm-hmm. that are you know been in longer than i don't know nothing about a computer i'm just gonna mm-hmm. hand write mine when you know my thing is you can you know it's got spell check on there mm-hmm. <laughs> fill in the blanks yeah you know, <laughs> there you go it's real easy yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh you know technology's gotten better uh we've gotten some better cars uh but we're, we're used to say we needed to buy two cars a year and our department's grown so much, you know, sometimes we've got about four, mm-hmm. five cars a year mm-hmm. to keep up with, with cars going out mm-hmm. uh, just because we have more people. Mm-hmm. Well, then, you know, the taxpayers or whoever, you know, when you say, okay, we need $250,000 for police vehicles every mm-hmm. year, you know, why we need so many? Uh well, it's because we're wearing out. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and you—that's one of those things you want it to be working and in great condition, right? Because right. when you need it, you need it. And so, you know, it's kind of like our school resource officers. Mm-hmm. You know, they get all the hand-me-downs because they're at the school. And they're not going to be out here patrolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to keep night shift. Uh, probably better vehicles go to night shift just because they're out at night and nobody's about. Mm-hmm. You know, around. Mm-hmm. Uh, day shift some of them got some good cars some of them they look older but they might not have as many miles mm-hmm. uh i got gotcha. you but you know if they break down they can somebody this daytime you know mm-hmm. we can get them some help mm-hmm. uh we've been fortunate enough with our cars that you know you got your maintenance you got to do to them or something happens this or that mm-hmm. uh, but you know and i think we've been getting maybe four cars a year Mm. Uh, so y'all are you, you've seen it over the years grow in terms of technology and things like that oh, yeah. to help you do your job yeah. I, I could definitely and see that 
yeah, and I think I mean we have, uh, you know, there's so many things we look at too, and mm-hmm. in, in, in we're working on a case, say on theft or something, mm-hmm. you know, Craigslist, uh, uh, eBay, Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, social media, you know, we look at that stuff too, uh, because you know, I remember we had something stolen and we knew teenagers stole it and we found it on social media, mm. you know, with them posting with it. Mm. Uh, and, uh, so, I mean, you know, we look at that stuff too. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, technology is good. Mm-hmm. You know, how, you know, we're way up on technology, you know, we're not, mm-hmm. you know, we're behind, not as much as some other departments. Gotcha. Uh, that's I, fair. You know, I think we've come along, to what it used to be when I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think is the greatest deterrent for young people to keep them away from criminal activity? Do you would you say that maybe implementing programs such as Dare um, would try to help that, or w- what would you say is the best way to keep young people out of that? Which I used to do Dare. I used to tell you mm-hmm. I used to be a Dare instructor back mm-hmm. years ago, back in '94, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know is that is that going to stop kids? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is there a program out there to stop kids? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be up to the decisions they make, who they right. put themselves with. Right. Uh, you know, if you're a teenager and you see somebody's doing wrong, even though maybe y'all grew up together, mm-hmm. uh, but then they the, the that person has then started doing things they shouldn't do, it's knowing that, hey, yeah. that's wrong. Yeah, and it's got to be, be your decision that, yeah. okay, I'm going to go over here and be mm-hmm. away from them. So would you consider that <laughs> D.A.R.E. and programs like that help kids see that? I, I think so. We Again, it's not going to stop them, right? Yeah. But at least... Because like the D.A.R.E. program, uh, we got a D.A.R.E. officer now, uh, Sean Grant. and I think it's his second or third year doing it, and he's really great deputy and he's mm-hmm. really really loves doing this he loves working with kids well the kids that you're working with are fifth graders okay you know you think back to who you was friends with in fifth fifth grade to who you were friends with your junior year high school mm-hmm. uh, you know friendships change mm-hmm. the people change you know once teenagers get more freedom, you know, you, you think about how it was when you was in fifth grade versus how it was when you turned 16, mm-hmm. you know, and you had a car and mm-hmm. you didn't depend on mom and daddy to take you to school or get you to practice. And, it opens you know, a whole new world yeah, of you got making freedom. your own decisions, right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if you got a friend and they want to do hey, let's do this. And you, you decide to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's your decision. I think dare's good. Um, I think I there's mean, no, obviously there's no one all catch all going to stop no. it, but just things like that do help, right? Right. I think I think yeah, programs help, and, and and would you say it's just kids need to be aware? It's 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 that's the key of it because they're going to be the one making the call, right? Right. Like, they, oh, this dude's dealing drugs. I'm going to keep hanging out with him, or yeah. or and then things like that. You know, put yourself. You know you. If you hang out with them, you need to see the next step. Yeah. Like, okay, you're friends with this person. What does that mean? Like, what what are you going to be doing? 
when people right. see you with that person, yeah. are they just going to assume? Because that's what people do. They're just going to assume that you're, oh, well, he's a drug dealer too. Yeah, They're going to associate associate you with them. It would be the same thing. Maybe you've never sold a drug. You've never done a drug. And you're a great person. But your best friend is a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You know, you don't really agree with him. But mm-hmm. you're riding down the road with him. He gets stopped. And he's got, you know, a pound of marijuana. It ain't mine. Yeah. Well, guess who's all going to get charged? Probably everybody in the car. Yeah. Uh, Shoot, that's a great point right there. You know, uh, but kids, you know, they make their own decisions. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I've always told mine. You know, you make your decision, mm-hmm. you know, at your decision. Yeah, uh, that's it. <laughs> if you make a wrong decision, you know, you, right? hopefully it's a life lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, kids they, they've got to hold their friends accountable mm-hmm. you know, if they if they see their friend going down the wrong road mm-hmm. if you're really a good friend with me you, you know tell them hey look mm-hmm. you know uh the same thing you know friends doing drugs selling drugs mm-hmm. you know disassociate with them i mean you know it could be hard that maybe they were you grew up together i mm-hmm. mean chapel hill's a small community mm-hmm. uh, kids that you went to preschool with are probably some of the same kids you graduated high school oh, yeah. with. I, uh, a lot of them, yeah. You know, uh, you know, and and Chapel Hill's growing, right? Uh, and it's changed a whole lot since you were in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still kind of a small community. Everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and and so that's another thing to think about. Yeah, you just you know just be with the right people and hold your right. friends accountable. Right. You know. All right. Well, thank you for doing this. Great job. Thank you guys for uh, answering our questions or asking questions. I hope we answered them okay. And we'll see you guys later. And that'll do it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let me know um, on social media, on Twitter or wherever. Let me know what you guys think about the fan Q&A. I had so much fun doing it and there were so many good questions. I wonder if you guys like it enough for me to do it more and more. So let me know on Twitter and follow us at O Nation Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, be sure to share and tell your friends about this if you're enjoying the show. Let's get this in front of as many people as we can. So, with that, maybe, just maybe, detective is the occupation that you've been looking for. Thanks, and we'll see you on the next one.